0: press on sports Talk radio 1069 FM 1390 a.m
1: the fan hello welcome to the second hour I'm Audrey Salvis, and Eric Franson is currently at Maverick Stadium as the uh, well I guess're at the indoor facility today in and it close to the media and public practice. Uh, as he will be uh, getting some audio from the Utah State Aggies and getting you ready for Utah State and BYU on Saturday night 8 p.m. on ESPN2 don't forget your pregame you can find it here of course with uh, Al Lewis Craig Kislip Eric France and and more uh, you'll be able will get the best coverage of the uh, Utah State Aggies and what to look for and their keys to the game predictions as well as so they get ready for the Cougars and after the game you can call in get your thoughts uh, share your opinions, uh, win or loss, they will be there to listen to you when this show is all about the Aggie fans. That's how much they care about you guys. All right, Uh, there's a lot to get into in the second hour. We'll have our stat that blew our mind. We'll have our player of the week, and I, and I tell the truth, where right now, we every Tuesday, we tell a truth that is to make you cringe. Eric thinks I'm really bad at it, Uh, but I actually have a truth that will make you cringe and might even make you mad at me. Which is, and that's that's the goal, right? Is, is to make you mad at me. Uh, our stat will be a stat that we think really stands out. And our uh, player will be, of course, our David Price Player of the Week. A player who, who came along and uh, um, caught our eye. It could be high school, it could be national, it could be collegiate, it could be professional, whatever. So... That and all more here coming up on this hour of the full court press. Don't forget, uh, Nationals, Astros game seven tonight, 6:07 on Fox is the first pitch. Astros trying to clinch their second World Series title in three years. Washington just trying to hang on for dear life and give Max Scherzer one more chance. And they as they try to force a game seven. You know, I it, it's interesting when I look at this baseball team for the Nationals, how talented they really are. Um, just based on, but they don't have that. Without Bryce Harper, they don't have that "quote unquote" all star talent, right? Uh, but this team, without after Bryce Harper leaves, so how incredible that is! They let a player go who ends up getting three hundred and something million to go play in Philadelphia, and they st- and then they go to the World Series. That's that's incredible. Uh, really quickly, while we're at it, on the uh, Nationals, here's a couple of things. This is Dave Martinez on uh, Scherzer, who is going to be uh able to pitch Game Seven.
2: Uh, as of right now, yes. I think he talked to some of you guys already. He gave you thumbs up, didn't he? He said I'm, he said I'm good. He's good.
0: So, how so we'll he... see.
2: We'll. I mean, he's he he he, uh, he threw. He felt good. We'll see what hap- transpires between now and and tonight. Um, but he says he feels good, so yeah. As of right now, he'll he'll definitely start Game Seven.
1: Scherzer had to sit out Game Five, so they went to Joe Ross, and that didn't go too well for the for the Nationals. as they not, not only is their offense just went completely in the dark, but they didn't have Scherzer on the mound when they had a time when they really desperately needed him. So they'll desperately need him for Game Seven if they can force that Game Seven. How much and how far can Scherzer go?
2: If Max tells me tonight that he's Good, then Max will pitch until his neck <laughs> decides he can't pitch anymore. But uh, yeah, I mean, I can't see I can't see myself telling Max, hey, you're only going to go 75 pitches. Um, he's going to want to go out there and go as long as he can.
1: Not in Game Seven of the World Series, right? You remember years ago when uh, Steven Strasburg and this uh, and and the, and the Nationals team were on the verge of going to the playoffs, but then they decided not to have Strasburg pitch. Because they wanted to sit him out because they were worried about his health and more specifically his arm. So they sat him. And things went downhill for the Nationals and for Dusty Baker. So now they have that chance. And David Martinez is saying, hey, look, we're not going to just, you know, do these what ifs. That That's not happening. We're in the World Series and we're trying to fight for our lives here. If a game seven's up and Max Scherzer can throw, he's going to throw. And he's going to throw as long as he possibly can. Now, obviously, he had that irritated nerve. Uh, in his neck that's that's what they're talking about. Uh, so the the worry is is uh, how you know how far can he go? Is he gonna be able to go that deep the bullpen should be ready to go they have been used up a little bit more exhausted than uh, in the previous two series versus Dodgers and Cardinals they've been used a lot more here in these in the last three games but it's more so if he can't go the five quality start innings, Or if he only goes six, will that bullpen be ready to go? For the Astros, again, a second title in three years? Not bad. I don't know.
3: I I mean, obviously, it it would be very special, but um, I don't know. That's too much for me. I'm just trying to
1: get Turner out in the first inning for JV. (laughs) (laughs) Again, he was noting to the fact of the first inning struggles that he was asked about of Justin Verlander. And if uh, and Justin Verlander is going to be able to get rid, or how he can get rid of those struggles in that uh, in that for uh, in that first inning, and on the other side, well, he's not on the other side, but staying on the same side of the Astros. Uh, this is Michael Brantley, and you know they're going to be ready. Of course, this is Game Six of the World Series.
4: We have a lot of confidence in that locker room, and every one of the players, uh, whoever steps out on the mound or is in the batter's box at that time, has gotten big swings or done big things throughout the entire year. So. Uh, we look forward to going out there tonight and doing it as a team.
1: Again, six oh seven tonight. Astros, Nationals. Astros up three games to two. You can find that game on Fox. All right. Uh, in the NBA, when we'll get to the Jazz here in a little bit, but uh, Golden State finally got off their schneid. And when I say they got off their schneid, they actually got their first win of the season. I know we're 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 baby, right? Baby steps into the season. Uh, and Draymond Green a few days ago I said you know what this team just flat out sucks and he wasn't wrong they really did just flat out suck so they end up turning around going in old Golden State Warriors form and in New Orleans they beat the Pelicans 134-123 to your final Draymond Green still wasn't entirely pleased
4: we're still not a very good team uh, we have a lot of room for improvement just because we won one game doesn't mean we don't suck right now. We still have a lot of improvement to do.
1: Um, Just challenging. Um, uh, again, that's uh, that's Draymond Green after uh, <laughs> after their 134-123 win that got over, uh, got them uh, their first win of the season, got them over that schneid that they were still on, and here he is again.
4: They're still not very good, but you know, I've actually known how to lead my entire life, so... You know, those that have never led shouldn't probably talk about leading. Um, But, you know, we just got to continue to get better, and we got to continue to compete at at a high level. First two nights we didn't do that. Tonight we did.
1: And in regards of Steph Curry being uh, the main ball handler, they Coach Steve Kerr said, hey, don't you dare compare him to that other guy.
4: I don't know that it's that simple. Um, You know, we – we could turn him into James Harden and give him the ball every play. Um, that's really hard to do, you know. And you have to build a team for that. To Houston has uh, has put, you know, five shooters on the floor for, for years now with Harden to give him that space. We don't have that um, that kind of personnel, so there's not the same spacing. And that kind of basketball wears you out too, um, you know, especially for a guy who's you know, 180 pounds like Steph is. So. I don't think the answer is just you know run a million high screens. Uh, I, I, we don't really have the personnel for that, and I don't think uh, I don't think it makes a, a, a ton of sense from staff standpoint. What we have to figure out is how can we free them up better, uh, and those are the things we're exploring every day. How can we free them up without having you know the floor spacing bigs that are popular around the league? Um, So trying to create space, trying to create penetration, trying to create clean looks and an offensive rhythm within all that, um, you know, that's the challenge. That's what we're working on.
1: Now, I remember the Pelicans last night were missing uh, three injured starters. That included Zion Williamson as well. So they're really shorthanded right now. Uh, Again, 134, 123. Uh, they fall to the Golden State Warriors. That that Pelicans team. Look, I said before the season when they got Zion Williamson and they added Derek Favors and you got Jarell Holiday. Like this team's going to be really good. They're going to be in the playoffs, six, seven, or eight. I'm putting them in. I think they're a very, very good basketball team. So, uh, it's. You know, people are, you know, well, this this Pelicans team is struggling. It's because they don't have anybody. They're losing their depth, man. 300 starters. And your number one overall pick's not even on the court yet. So, let's just pump the brakes a little bit. It'll be all right. Uh, other notable games last night. How about the New York Knicks? They've been competing pretty well this year. It sounds like that thing's going to work out there with RJ Barrett. 105-98 uh, winners over the Chicago Bulls. Philadelphia 76 or squeaked by the Hawks 105-103. Toronto Raptors, 104.95 winners over the Orlando Magic. Houston, Russell Westbrook over his former team, 116-112. By the way, just a couple nights ago, uh, Russell Westbrook tied Magic Johnson for the most triple-doubles in NBA history. And uh, last night, he was actually pretty good again. He had, uh, in 35 minutes, 21 points, 12 rebounds, and 9 assists. And James Harden had 40 points, 7 assists, and 3 rebounds. And one still. But he also had four turnovers, and Westbrook had five. <laughs> so, by the way, and nobody else on the team? Actually, no, just kidding. Clint Capella had five. Oh, my gosh, Clint Capella, the center, had five turnovers? Wow. Yuck. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, Houston improves to two and one. Oklahoma City still trying to find their way. One and three. By the way, I still think that they're going to trade Chris Paul. In February, the trade deadline. I don't know why. I just... I think it's going to happen. Huh. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I I, just don't see... Like, a veteran point guard is good, but not... I mean, I feel like Chris Paul's hurting the Oklahoma City Thunder more than he's helping them. San Antonio, they remain undefeated. How about the Spurs? 113-110 winners over uh, Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Lillard in 39 minutes at 28 points, but he was only 3 of 10 from deep. He was 9 of 28 overall and 7 of 8 from the line. C.J. McCollum had 27 on 10 of 22 shooting. For the Spurs, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, 15 points in 34 minutes. Uh, DeMar DeRozan had 27 on 10 of 16 shooting. He was really good. And uh, Patty Mills had 12 points as well. The Australian vocal uh, point guard uh, for the FIBA team, uh, and Derek White had, oh, sorry, wow, 21 points for uh, Derek White, he, he shot 8 of 11, again, uh, that's 3-0 and for the Spurs, that's actually, that's pretty impressive right now what they're doing over there. Uh, Utah Jazz, winners over the Phoenix Suns, we'll get into that in just a little bit, probably the second segment here, 96-95, winners over the Phoenix Suns, thanks to a, I mean, Ugly, ugly second quarter and an even more bizarre third quarter before things really got crazy in the fourth. Uh, Denver over Sacramento, 101 94, and the Clippers destroy Charlotte Hornets 111 96, I believe. Sorry, let me, yeah, 111 uh, they, uh, 96. They beat the uh, Charlotte Hornets. Kawhi had 30 in, uh, in the win, along with seven rebounds and six assists. By the way, again, what the Clippers are doing without Paul George is just incredible and and, terrif- and should terrify the rest of the NBA. That Clippers team is legit good for two reasons. They're better than any team in the West for two reasons. One, starting power, and that's without Paul George so far. And then two, when Paul George comes back, their bench gets even deeper. Even deeper than it already was. And it's going to take a lot of pressure off some of those guys uh, who are in right now. Matt Barnes, uh, Montres Harrell, Lou Williams. In fact, you really, I mean, if they wanted to, they could probably, I mean, Patterson, Leonard, Zubach, Beverly, and Schmidt. I would say, what? Well, Patterson will probably go to the bench. And then you could have Beverly, Leonard, Zubok, and Shamit both are all play. And that and then that adds on to your bench. I mean, that bench with Green, Montres Harrell, Harkless, Walton Jr., that and and Lou Williams, by the way, Lou Williams is playing starting minutes right now at twenty nine. He's averaging twenty five minutes in the first four games. Those are starter minutes. Green's got 22, Harrell's got 26, and Harkless is only playing 19 minutes. That's just a loaded, deep basketball team. That's why I think they're the best in the Western Conference. Easily the best in the Western Conference. I don't think it's even close. All right, uh, let's talk some uh, Utah Jazz basketball. Uh, Boy, what a game this was. Jazz, Suns, and things were really testy. In the third quarter The fourth quarter came long And things got absolutely Chaotic Jazz
5: down 5 80-75, 728 left Oubre in the game defending Donovan He's long and If he's focused he's a good defensive player Donovan drives on him, spite of spins Stops, pops, hits 22 for Donovan Bank shot Conley drives, floats it left side to Donovan Offense stands still. Bogdanovich comes to get it. Straightaway three. Good. Boyan Bogdanovich.
0: 26 for Boyan. That's his fourth three. He's had a three in each
5: quarter.
1: That made it an 85-82 game for the Phoenix Suns. And then after a uh, after a couple steals and a foul and N one for Gobert, uh, then things kind of actually went in favor towards the Utah Jazz, including a, a crucial foul call. But... Uh, this is how it ended.
5: Rubio driving at Conley. Throws a bad pass behind his back turnover. Picked up by Gobert. Outlet to Ingles. He finds Donovan for the dunk and retired at 92. Big turnover there by Ricky Rubio.
1: Tied at 92 and then Boyan Boyanovich His turn to throw it down.
5: Here comes Booker. Driving. Backpedaling Gobert. Bounce pass. Stolen by Mitchell. Outlet Bogdanovich. Going to the rim. Fouled and finishes. Boyan Bogdanovich in the open court.
1: After a three-ball from the Suns, uh, Jazz came back, and then uh, this is how the game officially came to a close.
5: Inbound to Donovan in the backcourt. He's got Javon Carter guarding. Five seconds. Donovan driving hard to the basket. Scoops. He's fouled with point four seconds to play. And is that Booker? Two free throws to win it for Donovan Mitchell. He needs one. He still should call a timeout and challenge. Donovan just won the game with a free throw. He had a challenge left and a timeout, and he didn't use it. Donovan's second free throw. He's not trying to miss it. He does. It gets tapped around, and the game is over. And the Jazz win it 96-95.
1: Call by David Locke here on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. You never can find all the Utah Jazz games on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The fan that track, this very station will have those Jazz games. Uh, this Phoenix game was absolutely nuts. Uh, and the foul call at the end, people are saying that he didn't get them. He did. It was obvious. It was a hack. You have to call it. What was really interesting about this game was the uh, the punch to the Wachobies. <laughs> There's a couple of them. In fact, Devin Booker had one, and it was called a flagrant one. Quinn Snyder was upset with that. He wanted a flagrant two. He didn't get that call. Then, in the uh, third quarter, towards the end of it, Donovan Mitchell had a incidental flush to the groin. So, Suns fans, players, and coaches wanted him ejected. wasn't working. Uh, so, finally, I mean, that third quarter was chaotic. What people seem to forget was how ugly, and I mean ugly, that second quarter was horrible. Both teams shot below 35%, I think, officially. I'm trying to look up that final number, and it's not even showing up. Uh, but And there was just a ton of turnovers. And it wasn't even really good defense. It was just flat-out bad offense. I mean, honestly, it's what it was. Uh, final numbers, Barjanovic in 37 minutes was eight of, thir- uh, 8 of 13 from the field. He had 4 of 8 from deep, but he was a perfect 9 of 9 from the line. Someone else was darn near perfect. We'll get to him in just a moment. So, Bionovic, uh finishes with 29 points, five rebounds, two assists, and two steals, one block. Royce O'Neill in 32 minutes. He started last night. 3-7 from the field, 1-4 from deep. He had four boards, four assists, and seven points. Rudy Gobert in 36 minutes was 11-12 from the free throw line. He was only 2-4 from the field. He had 18 rebounds, and I... Uh, couple of really clutch ones and he had that clutch and one bucket as well uh but in the 18 boards he also had a uh, five turnovers and 15 points to finish off his tally mike conley uh did foul out he had in 20 minutes he was always seven from the field always three from deep and one and two from the charity stripe he did have two boards and one steal he only finished with one point mike conley has really really struggled in his debut with the Utah Jazz, still trying to figure it out. Donovan Mitchell, not great, but good in the fourth quarter. In thirty-seven minutes, he had he was nine to twenty-four from the field, three of eight from deep, four of, four, 4 of eight from the charity stripe. He uh had three assists, two steals, two boards. He finished with twenty-five points. Ingles in twenty-six minutes only had three points. He was one of five. So Ingles, Mitchell, and Conley. Finished 4 of... I'm going to make sure I get this right. 4 of 17 from the field. Ouch. Bajanovic was 8 of 13. If Bajanovic doesn't... Excuse me. Bajanovic doesn't play last night. Dealing with an injured ankle. Jazz lose by 15. At least. At least 15. Devin Booker is becoming one of the more hated Jazz guys. Um or at least hated opponents from the Jazz, finished with 21 points, 9-16 from the field, 1-3 from deep, 2-2 from the charity stripe. Uh, Ricky Rubio, former Jazz guy, 28 points, 4-9 from deep, 2-4 from the charity stripe uh, with 10 points. Now, everybody remembers why they love Ricky Rubio, right? The personality, chemistry, he was easy to get along with. You watch him play, though, and you realize why you just didn't want him on your team. He can't shoot. He he just cannot shoot. He only had two turnovers and he had the eight assists, but my gosh, I mean there's times where they just leave him open to shoot and he still couldn't hit it. I mean it was it was the right thing to do. Now, granted, on the I mean, I don't know if we have like this this virus for all point guards that come into Utah because now Mike Conley, uh, who's supposed to be this great playmaker and, and a good shooter, is I mean, in a horrific I mean, spiral. He took Two huge step backward, then one big step forward, now backwards again. So, some consistency is what they're going to want to see from Mike Conley, but as Carmelo, Malone, the mailman, said, everybody needs to relax. Carmelo Malone would know. He wasn't really good in his first year either with Utah Jazz, and then, well, the rest is history, right? Utah Jazz, 96-95 winners over the Phoenix Suns. They now have a daunting task of playing the Clippers twice. Right? Twice in one week. They get them a home tomorrow night. That game is, I believe, at 8 o'clock. I'm going to make sure, though, so I don't lie to you guys. Yep, 8 o'clock. Uh, that'll be on ESPN. And then they're at Sacramento on Friday. And at LA Sunday. 8 o'clock on Sunday. 7 o'clock on... Or, sorry, 8 o'clock on Friday. 7 o'clock on Sunday. So, the Clippers, Kings, and the Clippers, one more time. That's a home-and-home home split. Uh, for the Utah Jazz. Again, you can find those games on the radio here on this very station of 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Alright, we'll take a break. Coming back, we'll talk some Aggie football. We'll also get into our stat, the blur minor, player of the week and a tell the truth Tuesday. I'm Audrey Salveson here on the Full Court Press.
0: Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390
5: AM, The Fan. Hello. at the you are
0: everything I want.
1: 527 your time here on Tuesday, October 29th. Thanks for joining me however and wherever you are on 1069 FM 139am. The fan if you're streaming us, tuning in on your radio. Again, just a nice and kind reminder that if you're looking for the Utah State football uh, press conference, you can find all the audio uh, on 106.9 The Fan Just go to the uh, podcast section, uh, and you can find uh, Gary Anderson, Jordan Love, and Tepanale. It's all put into one for you, so I'll make it easy for you uh, with all where uh, what uh, when they start, when they end their bits of their press conference. Uh, the Utah State Aggies are coming off what was a very rough night. In Air Force at Falcon Stadium, losing to the Falcons, final score 31 uh, 7. In a night where they just they couldn't get the running game going. They definitely couldn't get the passing game going. Uh, and there was, I mean, there was some pretty upset. Well, I mean, look, I mean, the fans were upset, and that's understandable, but there were some pretty frustrated players as well. Uh, they felt like they, uh, um, I mean, obviously, the, the just the execution was nowhere near where they thought it should be. Um, and, and, and that's what frustrated him the most. So uh, in saying that uh, Tipin uh this is his first thoughts in uh, just recapping uh, the uh, recapping the Air Force game and uh, getting ready for BYU.
0: For this game this weekend, it's treated like uh, every week that we uh, get ready for a game. We just let the coaches make the game plan and we try to execute it as best as we can. We haven't watched. I, I personally haven't watched a lot of film on them yet. So um, I know that they're a pretty stout O line, and uh, their skill guys are good at what they do. So we'll try our best and do our best to trust our training and listen to the coaches and see what they have ready for us this week.
1: You'll uh, you'll have all the audio from. Uh... BYU tomorrow and are in the know when we talk about all BYU Cougars. We'll also have Jay Catch uh, from uh, Salt Lake City Radio from 12A to the zone. He's gonna he's gonna join in and uh, give us his uh, he does a great job on a podcast. It's the locked on cougars podcast, does incredible work and, and, and covers them about as well as anybody without being homerish and he's he's non-biased, just really, really good at his job. So we'll have Jay Catch on tomorrow during the five o'clock hour. I'll be absent. Attending uh, to a family matter, but uh, Eric Franzen will be here and, and he'll get you taken care of. Uh, so that's you know the the question is is I mean do you blame the offense or do you blame the defense right? Uh, the offense again, as we said, it was just I mean didn't show up, non-existent to say the least. Defensively, you gave up four hundred something yards. So I mean I mean where does it really stand? And and for Coach Anderson and this crew, it's. I mean, it's 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 difficult to really. You're not going to point fingers, but it's you know how, where do you pinpoint it at? And I think sometimes you got to give credit to to Air Force and and uh, Coach Anderson's opening statement. He did just do that. He gave credit to Air Force, and he was also just like T. Pinolier. He was looking forward to BYU.
3: Obviously, big game. The uh, kids are excited. Um, kids on both sides will be excited. Fans are going to be excited. Uh, it's a you know it's, it's a good rivalry game. Um, BYU has beat some really good teams this year, uh, which we all know if you look and see what they've done. And um, last game obviously against Boise was a a huge victory for uh, for BYU and a very place Uh, tough place to go play so we're looking forward to it. I think the key for us right now as we go especially early on in this week uh, speaking specifically as of today is the Aggies got some things to do to worry about the Aggies and uh, you know obviously start to get a prep and prepare for BYU but the most important thing you can do in any game um, is to make sure that uh, you do all you can to take care of yourself first so we'll start with that we'll move ourselves forward and um, we're excited about the opportunity to get out and compete again and, uh, you know, prepare like crazy. And away we go on Saturday night, late night kickoff. And um, two good football teams, I believe, are going to tee off against each other. And we'll see exactly what takes place.
1: Again, BYU, Utah State Saturday night. Don't forget, you can get your tickets. There's, there's BYU turned back some uh, uh, quite a few tickets, not being able to get their fans to go. So uh, if you're wanting to go to the game, go to UtahStateAggies.com or go to the ticket office and pick up your tickets for uh, this Saturday night's game, 8 o'clock p.m., also being found on ESPN2. Uh, so, again, where do you pinpoint it? Defense or offense, right? So let's start with the defense, and then we'll move to the offense. We played the quote yesterday on Jordan Love, and, and Coach Anderson sticking up for him, which I loved, absolutely loved to see. But here's what his thoughts were on what happened with the defense against the Air Force Falcons.
3: This is a completely different animal, obviously, within the Air Force. Um like any time, I'm going to look at myself white square in the face in the mirror and say, how how can I help them be able to get better? Um, and, you know, we'll do that as we move forward. And we need to make sure that we study and structurally look at this thing and find how to slow those guys down. Because this is not just, this is a, it, it's a trend when an Air Force team is very good. And it's not just at Utah State, it's at a lot of different schools in our conference that have had a heck of a time even trying to slow these guys down, let alone stopping them. Um, and uh, so it's gonna take a, an effort as we go forward. When Air Force has really good players and they play with the scheme that they're playing with, it's it's very, very difficult to deal with. And I don't think sit back and think we just got, you know, uh, completely just beat up or compete wise, we battled our tails off, but you know, physically they, um, They won the line of scrimmage, and they won the line of scrimmage through scheme, which is coach's responsibility, and they won the line of scrimmage through um, some situations where the physicality takes place where they don't allow you to be as physical within the box, and again, technical football terms, and we don't need to get into that on this day, but we all need to do better and uh, devise a better plan. Um, so they don't score, you know, 38 points, 31 points, 42 points, you know, control the time of possession for 36 minutes, 43 minutes, 46 minutes. That's not the trend year after year after year to be able to compete and, and play in the position with, with Air Force unless you just have a, a dominating offense. Um, and that's nice to have that, but you can't rely on that, you know, year in and year out to, to give you a chance to um, hang in there and score with those guys and it's, it's There's three phases to beat Air Force, and when they're good, you got to play well in special teams, offense, and defense. I think in this last game, special teams were basically, you know, um, not eliminated from the game, but opportunities were limited just because of the wind, if you will, the weather, if you will, at times. Um, but, uh, you know, both teams, I guess, executed and did what they had to do in special teams when they are given the opportunity. It didn't really change the game.
1: And, you know... Again, as much blame as is getting put on this defense, and I don't think there should be that much being playing, being put on them based on how good Air Force is. Look, the execution of Air Force was was incredible. I mean, knowing what was coming from Utah State, they are able to execute their plays, get their blocking assignments, and, and, and the running game was just, I mean, one of the better r- offensive clinics I've seen in a long time, and absolutely the best offensive clinic I've seen from Air Force since 90s, easily. Without a doubt, so uh, a lot of credit to the Air Force offense. I know everyone's gonna look at the defense, and that's just that—that's how it goes. Um, but I, <laughs> I still think you need to give you need to give uh, that offense a—or uh, excuse me, that uh, that all yeah, the Air Force offense a lot of credit. Now on the other side, uh, the offense has been an issue to say the least, and they they haven't been able to move the ball and and. Uh, yeah, again, they just—I mean—they were really to say horrid uh, against an Air Force defense. They just were not good. They didn't give their—you know—they—they—they they, they didn't take a lot of time off the clock, and an exhausted defense had to get back on there. Um, just got pounded really offensively on the uh, by this Air Force defense, and so uh, here is Coach Anderson on the offensive struggles, and one of my most favorite parts. Is about to come midway through and I'll, I'll get back to yesterday's conversation because we talked about this yesterday but I want to clear some things up uh, after uh, I heard a couple of comments from some people about some things I said so here's coach Anderson on the off phones
3: well it's like I mean, as far as the office goes the same thing I tell the coaches same teams th- same things that uh, I communicate with the kids is there's there is no crutch and there's nowhere to run right you have to understand uh, we are who we are um, and it's our job as coaches to make sure that we work hard to get it where it needs to be to allow the kids to have an opportunity to compete um, and be successful. And that's, that's, that's the coach's job. And then there's the job of each individual, and there's the job of each position group as players to take responsibility. And, you know, I, I, I keep harping on it, and I'm not going to stop harping on it either, is because it's it all, it all tends to just go to right back to, to number 10, right? And that is the biggest cop-out of any cop-out that anybody can ever have. It's catch the ball, block strain to keep him protected for one more second so the route opens up and then make a play wide receiver run your route right break it break another tackle running back do a better job in protection running back take responsibility as a coach to understand hey we need to get him better so and i'm not saying that's not taking place but i'm saying that's that's the way a competitor reacts when you get yourself back into a corner and that's where we are in offense we're backed into a corner so you better fight your way out of it um and battle like crazy as a group to get yourself where you need to be. If you back into a corner and you start pointing fingers, then shame on you. Um, absolutely, 100% shame on you. And you don't belong anywhere near this football program.
1: Ooh! Uh, now, we had a couple of calls yesterday. Uh, and uh, one of them, the callers, said, you know what, either Jordan has got to fix it and get himself together and get ready to go. Or they need to bench him and put Henry Cullenby in. Or... Fire the quarterback coordinator. Now, the latter's not going to happen. Don't don't plan on that happening at all. Uh, and regards, look, Henry's a good quarterback. There's no doubt about it. I watched him in fall camp, spring for the last two years. Very good quarterback. But in this situation, I feel like Love still gives you the best chance to go in some ball games, especially this upcoming one versus BYU. I still like love. I feel I still feel like love gives you the best opportunity to win, and I don't think we should attack love all at once. I think there is other blame to go around, and I think the receivers and the offensive line, the running backs, would all agree too that it's not just on Jordan Love. Drop passes—the one by Jordan Nathan was humongous. It almost just you know took a knife and stabbed it into the sails, and and, uh, and 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 took away any momentum that the Aggies would have had. Um and then and now I think it's like on second and ten. That would have easily been a first down and maybe been a score. Uh and then I mean, again, offensive line, and you are kind of playing with a makeshift offensive line because there's a couple of guys who went out with injuries, and then you know, running back department, Drill Warren. I don't know how healthy he is, but um, you know, I, I again I just it doesn't fall on Jordan Love's shoulder. I would not a hundred percent of the blame doesn't fall on Jordan Love's shoulder. I think that's crazy to say. And it's crazy to blame that guy. You know, and, and Jordan realizes it too. He realizes that the offense is struggling. Uh, and so, two things. Uh, one, handling, you know, those critics out there. Uh, one, the struggles, right? And then the other one, just, I mean, there's a competitive fire in in Jordan Love. He's, he's competitive. That's why he's the quarterback. So first thing first, let's start here. The, the struggles with Air Force, here's Jordan Love.
6: Yeah, it's tough. You know, their offense, they held they the ball for a long time. So, you know, you go three and out once or twice and then offense you're on the sideline. It's like, you know, you got to put something together and uh, got to go out there and make plays. And uh, I think that's what we got into a little bit. And uh, just weren't able to get that first, first down early and capitalize on the turnovers that the defense got.
1: And then uh, Jordan Love with the uh, like oh, He hears everything. He has a Twitter account. He hears everything. So, for him, how does he handle those critics? You
6: know, it's a lot of stuff on us uh, when we're doing good, obviously, and then a lot when we're doing not so good, and that's where we're at right now. Um, so, the way we handle it is just, we got to get better. Um, whether that's getting better during the week of practice or what, we just got to find a way to just be better than what we were Saturday, so.
1: And, and here's the thing. If Jordan does go out and throw for, say, 325 yards, four touchdowns and no interceptions versus BYU, people are going to be loving on Jordan Love, right? It's going to be like last week never even happened. And if he does that against Boise State in a much more important game in which we hope that the Mountain West Division, or at least a tie for the Mountain West Division, could be on the line, then, yeah, we're all going to be thrilled about Jordan Love. We're all going to say, yeah, he's... One of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback, instead we're going to go through the whole entire conversation again. So, I mean, like when things are bad, everyone's going to blame the quarterback. When things are good, everyone's going to give credit to the quarterback. That's just how it is. Nonetheless, though, Jordan Love, as I've already said, is one of the more competitive kids that you'll see. And this is why. Maybe.
6: I mean, I'm disappointed. There's a lot of areas we need to improve on and we're just lacking on right now, but uh, you know it's there. We just have to go out and execute, but uh, up to this point, I think everybody on the offense is pretty uh, not really happy to the way we've lived up. So uh, just because we know we could be better, we'd be a lot better than that. So uh, all we got to do right now is just
4: look ourselves in the mirror and go ahead and fix it. So find a way to fix it.
1: No pointing fingers. No calling out people. No saying that, oh, pity me. Nobody loves me. Everyone hates me. Guess I'll just eat worms. He understands that, look, everybody thinks we suck. (laughs) Everybody thinks we're a bad football team, and everyone thinks we're the worst offense since Brent Guy's era, which is, by the way, just stupid crazy to me. Uh. But that's not the case, and everyone kind of needs to relax and just take a deep breath. Again, he understands that they didn't play well, and in fact, as he already noted, his offense very much understands that they haven't played well and that they need to fix some things. That's why on Monday they had a kind of, you know, listen to the press conference, it sounded like they had a kind of a, uh, Monday was a self-evaluation day. A stare at the mirror, figure out who you are and what you want and what you want to accomplish when you're here. And whether they did that through film, through uh, you know a practice, a Kumbaya session, who knows? But they wanted to make sure that they uh, that they first took care of themselves as Aggies before getting ready for a BYU team. Who's had a whole entire week to do that after coming off a win over Boise State. So things are just a tad bit different from there. Nonetheless, though, so the Aggies will get ready for BYU, 8 o'clock at night. We hope you'll be there. We hope you'll listen to the pregame on KVNU, uh, 6 o'clock on 610 AM. Eric, Craig Hislop, Al Lewis, Ryan Boehm, post-game, following after the game, calls, thoughts, concerns, questions, opinions, the show is all about you. But one thing you need to do is just relax. Look, that lost Air Force, yeah, it sucked. And, but I don't think anybody understands that more than Coach Anderson, his staff, and his players. Everybody else just needs to relax. going to be okay. All right, coming back, we'll get you to our tell the truth. Speaking of making you unhappy, <laughs> just wait for this one. Ajay Salveson on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The
0: Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 106.9thefan.com. 5.48,
1: 5.48, your time here. we got two segments left. Eric is not going to be able to make it. He uh, got stuck at practice around late, so he'll be there. I'll be here. We'll get you ready, but I'm actually going to be ditching tomorrow for a past, uh, personal family matter. And in the know of the BYU Cougars, we'll be coming up tomorrow. Jake Hatch from Twelve Eighty to the Zone uh, will join uh, the show, and he'll give us his thoughts on these Cougars and, and uh, where they stand. And then you also get a thought uh, uh, from the uh, Cougars themselves, from the coaches and players. Uh, you'll hear from... Uh, the, the team and and uh, and what their thoughts are on uh, on this squad so uh, stay tuned for that uh, should be good now we're gonna get here into a uh, tell the truth in, uh, in in just a moment but there's one thing uh, I, I did quickly want to talk about uh, and and I think everybody uh, kinda and had this in thought and process but uh, this is Tippa by the way evaluating himself as he likes to say. This is
0: uh, this is really 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 good. In like Air Force, you uh, you see what you got to do in order to be Air Force. Uh, there's there's a lot of things that you you can't use from uh, your, your yeah from yeah. your improvements from that game to use on any other team. Which is uh, only thing I would say is just aggressiveness. That's the only thing you, you can probably take out of that game. Instead of uh, you know it's triple option, not everybody runs that. So we just kind of kind of put that game to rest. You know, There's a lot of things that you can fix, but you won't face that team again.
1: And he's right. You won't have to face Air Force again, and it's a different animal, as Gary Anderson said. And So Monday was more of a, a look yourself in the mirror and find who you are and, and get yourself ready for, the, uh, for a uh, game on Saturday night for the old wagon wheel rivalry versus the BYU Cougars. Now, joining me over the phone, uh, this is extremely unfortunate, is Eric Franson. Hi, Eric.
2: It's unfortunate that I'm on the phone and not there with you? Is yes. That what's unfortunate?
1: Yes. Because when you said, hey, I'll be back, okay? You promised you'd be back. You promised. Uh, <laughs> I'm on my way
2: back. Does that count? Yeah. No, practice, practice went long. It was very spirited and uh, physical. So yeah, they they were they wanted to keep going, and I had to keep
1: waiting. But <laughs> so sorry, I'm not there for you, AJ. You should be sorry, Eric. That's my question for you. Was there any hangover after that Air Force loss, or were those? I mean, they talked about on on Monday how excited they were to get back on the field to reset themselves. Was that the case?
2: Now, granted, I didn't see all of practice. They don't let us in, but unless you're Al uh, Lewis, it was. Unless you're Al Lewis, yes, he gets special privileges. Um, But uh, it it uh, was—they didn't let us in because it was really, really cold for the last little bit, and um, it was obvious that it's been—it was a very spirited practice. They're aggressive. They're going after each other. Um, They are, and then in the conversations that I had afterwards, they're all upset. About how things have been going, and then how things went on Saturday, not just how they lost on Saturday, but how things have been going the last couple of weeks. And so it was it was interesting. Um, this is a very motivated group, uh, at least they were today in uh, in trying to erase what happened last week and get ready for an opponent, which is gonna be a good opponent, even though they've been very up and down. There's still, uh, BYU is still a team that can 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 beat you.
1: Eric, it's a tell-the-truth Tuesday. I don't know if you have one, but here's mine. I want to know what your thoughts are. BYU is currently 3-4. and four. They come off a bye week after beating Boise State. We come off the Lost Air Force. Right now, as it stands, offensively, BYU is a better football team than Utah State. That is my truth.
2: Um... I they've been a little more consistent probably um,
1: they're moving the ball I better
2: i don't i don't know i mean they're they're so hit and miss um i mean they they've had to go to the well with uh deep in the well with some of their their second string third string guys for quarterback and running backs but in doing that it's kind of it looks like it's caused them to refocus a few things. and I mean, for them beating Boise State the way they did was a total shock. Nobody saw that coming. But then they go and they lose to South Florida and they lose to Toledo. So um, it's it's hard to know what to expect from BYU.
1: Fair enough. Eric, we're going to go. Thank you so much for joining me over the phone, and uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Okay. Bye, Aj. Bye. That's my, my dear friend, Eric Franson. All right, we got uh, to wrap up the show here. Coming back, we'll just do that here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It
2: came sooner than you expected. You were basking in the warmth of summer when suddenly... Kids were going back to school, temperatures dropped, gutters needed cleaning, cars needed winterizing, furnace filters needed changing, we needed fall clothes, insulation for the home, prep the yard and garden for the winter. One person couldn't do it all. So I shop locally. Why, right here in this area, there are clothing stores, service people to come help with everything that needs to be done around the house, HVAC companies, automobile service centers. One community with everything she needed. And every dollar I spend cycles back into the community seven times when the temperature dropped she was ready yep and i did it all right here that's a nice feeling the cash valley media group encourages everyone to support our local businesses would you like your dollars to go further instead of buying from an online mega retailer shop here in cash valley where every dollar you spend locally returns more right to the heart of our community put your money where your heart is and shop cash valley learn more at cashvalleymediagroup.com. Saturday night, it's a blackout. Our way to welcome BYU to Merlin Olsen Field. Get ready with a stop at Locker 42. Pick out your favorite USU Aggie logoed apparel in black. Black sweatshirts and t-shirts, black jackets, black hoodies. With an 8 p.m. kickoff, you might want a black USU Aggie beanie. The Aggies will be ready in black uniforms. Support our team and show up in black. Locker 42, always a favorite stop on game day or any day. Locker 42, 1430 North Main. And the flagship store at 36 South Main. Or shop anytime at Locker42.com.
0: Experts tell us that the three areas of balance for proper health are exercise, nutrition, and sleep. This is Ryan, owner of My Mattress. And while My Mattress Store can't really help with exercise and nutrition, we can help with better sleep. If a person started today to live a balanced life in health, exercise, and sleep, uh, three things might happen. One, we might throw away the bag of peanut M&Ms that we have stashed. Two, we might get up off the couch and exercise. And three, we'd come buy a new mattress here at My Mattress.
6: Are you struggling with sleep apnea but cannot tolerate CPAP treatment? Join Dr. Zach Robinette of Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat for a free educational seminar about sleep apnea and alternative treatments for people who can't tolerate CPAP. Untreated sleep apnea can cause serious health issues, including heart attack, high blood pressure, and acid reflux. Learn about alternative CPAP options to start treating your sleep apnea. Wednesday, October 30th at 6 p.m. at the New Hampton Inn, located in downtown Logan. It's free. Google Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat for more information. For to schedule a sleep apnea evaluation.
0: Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM 1390
3: AM. The fan. For another night in this is becoming for me. But
1: I Quick goodbye to all of you. Thank you so much. In the know tomorrow is on the BYU course J. Katz will join us. Eric France will be here. I will not. We'll talk to you Thursday.